Good morning. Uh, my name is Tyler Ruane. I'm a second grade teacher here in town, and I'm just really excited to be here with all of you this morning. We've got uh, Jean-Jean and Christy are here. The whole Haiti team is here. That's awesome. I think we're going to have some fun. Um, so I start this morning talking about a somewhat big life decision I made this past summer. I decided to go back to school and get this computer science endorsement. There's this computer science world that's all unknown to me. The kids love it, wanted to learn some more about it. Um, and then I came to this task that I've been having nightmares about, filling out a college application again. Whew, it's been a little while since I've done that. Um, I couldn't remember exactly what all went on at last time. I know the world has changed a ton since I last filled one out. So I started um, going around the house. The opportunity came up at the end of summer and I was kind of scrambling um, to find all the important information that I think would go on a college application these days. And I've got a slide here that shows the list of things I came up with. Um, number one, I could hold my own head up at two weeks old. And then if you think that's impressive, I took my first steps at 10 months. And I was potty trained at the age of two years, three months. I attended zero years of preschool and went to half-day kindergarten. Get that, just kindergarten, half days. I played the role of Turkey Lurkey in my first grade's production of Chicken Little. I got 14th place in my fourth grade spelling bee. I was the starting C team, not A team, not B team, C team cornerback for my eighth grade football team. I made the decision to start playing organized baseball, like the overhand, kids throwing it, uh, my freshman year of high school. And this one's not a misprint. I learned to ride a bike at the age of 16. A little bit of a late bloomer in that, but I can do it now as long as no cars are coming at me, then that really worries me. So after I collected all this important information, I got online, filled out the, uh, found the online application. Those websites are not easy to navigate these days. And I was disappointed with what I found. I worked my way through the entire application and not a single piece of information that I found was needed to complete the application. Not a single one. How could this be? Potty training, preschool, spelling bees, and organized sports, they seem like such important components to every child's life. Why wouldn't a college want to know when a child uh, took their first steps? How could they even expect someone who couldn't walk before the age of one to complete three or four years of college? Has any parent had this thought before? I know I have. Just the other day I had a thought like this. Uh, my son doesn't know how to tie his shoes yet. So my wife and I are going to drop him off for college in 12 years and he's going to have those Velcro bowling shoes. <laughs> Super comfortable but not the goal that I'm looking to set for my son. As parents, we have these ideas of how kids should grow up, and these ideas have somehow formed throughout our parent community over time. The minute our kids aren't matching these ideas, we hit the panic button. And we hit the panic button even faster when we see someone else's kids going above and beyond those standards that we had set for our kids. I'm up here this morning, I'm telling you that I'm trapped. I'm trapped in the ongoing process of comparing my kids to each other, comparing them to when my wife and I were kids, or comparing them to other kids in the community. This comparison trap gets so many parents. That's what I want to talk about today. So back in December, we had a teaching team meeting for this series, and I saw the comparison trap written up on the big whiteboard of teaching topics for the series. 
it immediately caught my attention. I had never really heard this term before, but I knew exactly what it was. I had been caught in this comparison trap so many times. And as a teacher, I've worked with so many parents who have been caught in this comparison trap. And for those of you who might want a definition of what this comparison trap is, I think the parenting version of this comparison trap is when a parent has feelings of envy or jealousy towards another parent or kid when they see or hear another child excelling in a certain area or with a certain skill. This could be an area that their own child struggles with. So think for a moment, have you seen someone stuck in this comparison trap? Have you been stuck in this comparison trap before? We're currently in this teaching series called Unstuck. And in, in this series, we've been working to recognize these unhealthy patterns in our lives like this comparison trap. We're learning that it's okay if you have been stuck or are currently stuck in these unhealthy patterns with relationships. God wants to help us find ways to break these unhealthy patterns. God can help us break these unhealthy patterns. He has the power to transform us into something new that does not conform to the patterns of this world. We've been looking for these ways in the book of Romans chapter 12. The first two verses of Romans 12 have been a constant throughout this entire teaching series. Verses 1 and 2 read like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul writes about humbling ourselves and taking a look at our actions. He warns us not to conform to what others are doing. That trap of comparing ourselves or our kids to others is a piece of what he's writing about here. Instead of conforming to the patterns of this world, we have the option to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God can allow us to take a good look at our daily actions and see if there are any unhealthy patterns that have formed. This series is about getting unstuck if we find ourselves in any of these unhealthy patterns. We are in the parenting aspect of this series, but it doesn't matter if you are a parent, aunt, uncle, grandparent, or a kid yourself. You can take these truths from this teaching and apply them to your life. Paul isn't and wasn't just writing to married couples and parents in Romans 12. He was writing to sinners who need the option to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. That is how we can get unstuck in our unhealthy patterns. Living our lives for Jesus will transform our actions. So this comparison trap, what happens when we fall in the comparison trap? How are we affected? How are our kids affected? What problems arise? These were all questions that were racing through my head as I started to prepare this teaching. When we fall into the comparison trap, we are not filled with the overflowing love of Jesus. Instead of experiencing the joy of parenting, we're consumed with envy. Instead of celebrating the successes of our kids and building them up, we miserably tear them down. Instead of taking steps to be closer in our relationship with Jesus, we get stuck and we don't move forward in our faith lives. We're focused on how we got to this point in our lives. This point where our six-year-old son is the only kid who doesn't know how to skip at football practice. 
I was at this point in my life two years ago. How in the world could I not teach him how to skip before his first ever football practice? I was sitting there on the sideline watching my oldest son at his first football practice, and the coach says, all right, let's skip across the field. I instantly had a panic attack, and I started hoping for a miracle. Maybe God would give my son the natural ability to skip in this very moment, or maybe he would grant him just a moment to look at me, and I could model it really quick. I had this feeling of he was falling behind already at his first practice. How silly slash dumb slash ridiculous is this moment? It's 100% true, and unfortunately, it's not an isolated incident with me. You can ask my wife. I don't get panicked too often, but when I do, it's usually about something that doesn't really impact anyone or anything, and I go from about zero to 60 miles per hour in about half a second. So back to this moment, I'm stuck in this comparison trap on the sideline there, and not only am I creating major problems for myself, I'm creating problems for others around me. I start to push my anger on my wife sitting next to me. I'm stressing her out as I express my disbelief that she hadn't thought of teaching our son how to skip by now. I thought I was handling the weightlifting aspect of their training, and she was gonna take the cardio aspect. Skipping falls in the cardio category. <sighs> how could she not have taught him how to skip yet? Now she is filled with anger towards me as I express my disappointment in her training schedule. Then, on to my son. What do you think the first thing we talk about in the car ride home is? I asked him what he thought about that skipping drill. I make sure he knows that we keep those knees up. I tell him there was a kid in a Nike arm sleeve right next to him, doing a great job. Just look at him next time. Do what he does. I tell him not to worry about it. We're going to work on skipping the rest of this weekend. Forget about playing with superheroes with your brother. We have skipping to do. Now my son knows he fell short at his first football practice. He's feeling inadequate. He's, he's thinking his dad would rather have the kid with the arm sleeve as his kid. He's also maybe feeling a little confused and most likely asking himself why skipping is such a big deal to his dad all of a sudden. He's never seen his dad skip around. <laughs> why does his dad now care so much about skipping? He's wondering maybe did his dad have a traumatic skipping incident as a child and today's practice may have triggered this memory that had since been blocked out. Do you see what can go wrong? when someone falls into the comparison trap. One 10-second drill sent me into a tailspin and had negative effects on my wife, my son, and me too. This comparison trap gets us stuck. We can't go forward in our faith lives because we are too caught up in our failure as a parent. Think for a moment, where have you been caught in this comparison trap? It might be how far behind your little one is compared to other kids at daycare. It might be how one of your younger kids never seems to live up to those benchmarks that the firstborn had set. It might be that your child is now an adult and they haven't landed that first big job that everybody else's adult kids are landing right now. Maybe it has to do something with your child's faith or their church attendance. No matter what it is, think about your actions. What were your actions once you got trapped? And how did they affect you and the people around you. The good news is we can get unstuck. We can break this unhealthy pattern. God can help us do it. God specializes in getting stuck people unstuck. With God, we can do this. Now this morning, I have four things that we can try if we're looking to escape this comparison trap. 
The first thing we can try is to take our focus off of others. In my skipping story, who was I focused on? The kid in the arm sleeve who had clearly been taught to skip at a very early age. It was my son's first football practice. Why in the world was I focused on the other kids? I should have been focused on my son, my miracle that God blessed my wife and me with. I should have been looking for things he did well in practice and celebrated his hard work and talents. In the end, the bottom line is it's really not that much fun to be compared to others. For those of you who aren't quite believing me on that statement yet, go with me here as we have some fun. I have a slide to help prove my point. This is someone I've been compared to often in my life. You may know him, Steph Curry. We're both 31 years old, so same age. Uh, both married with three children. I'm a two-time Cedar Falls Baseball Mr. Hustle Award winner. You may have heard of that. He won this NBA, NBA MVP two times. Probably haven't heard of that. I'm a two-time Orchard Hill Church League basketball champion. And then he had to go and win three NBA championships. I really like the sport of mini golf. And then he got his own mini golf TV show. Last summer was a really good summer for me. I killed a record number of mosquitoes. And then he started a foundation to combat malaria. Not good. It's not fun to be compared. I have moments where I think I'm doing pretty good for a 31-year-old, but then I have humbling moments like this. And in the end, I just don't know what exactly gets accomplished when we compare because we often don't compare what really matters. Here is a slide that I think is the comparison that few people think about. Tyler Wayne, sinner. Steph Curry, sinner. There it is. We can't compare ourselves to others because we all fall short. The only person we can compare people to is Jesus, who came down, took human form, and lived a perfect life. Who is ready to be compared next to that? It's even more humbling than being compared to Mr. Curry here. So let's stop the comparison of sinners. We want to be recognized for who we are, not how we are compared to others. So do every single one of our children. God doesn't compare us to others. He loves each of us individually, no matter how we compare to others. Let's offer our kids this same kind of love. Take your focus off of others. That's number one for us this morning. Second, we can put our focus on our kids and help them live into their gifts and strengths and recognize their gifts. God loves who we are and he made us all differently. If we go back to Paul's letter and skip ahead a couple verses in Romans 12, we'll find just how much God loves each of us individually. Verses 6 through 8 in Romans 12 read like this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. God made each and every one of us with these different gifts. Some of you were made to serve others, and that just comes naturally to you. You see an opportunity to help someone, and you jump up without a second thought. Some of you were made to encourage others, no matter how dark the times are in someone's life. You're able to find the right words to bring them out of that darkness, even if it's only for a moment. 
And Paul goes on with people who are made to lead, show mercy, teach, give, and prophesy. We have all been blessed by God with skills that just come naturally to us. This includes our kids. They too have been blessed by God with gifts. And I think we forget about that sometimes. I understand why we sometimes forget about that, maybe become, to num become numb to that idea. You can only watch your kid hit their head on the same corner of the table so many times before you forget that they may be uh, given the gift to teach someone someday. If Even in, with those moments of doubt, I can promise you that God blesses kids with different gifts. I've seen seven-year-olds in my classroom who possess some amazing leadership skills at the age of seven. I've seen kids in my class who understand how to serve others. They're always there to open a door or pick up some crayons that were dumped everywhere. I've seen kids who have the skills to encourage a friend to not give up when they face a tough problem or task. We don't have to wait for our kids to become adults for them to find out their strengths and gifts. They can figure these things out at a very young age. We can help them figure out their role in God's kingdom, what part they can play in the building of his kingdom. I've had some crazy moments where I'm sitting across from a young adult or a full-blown adult, and I realize they have no idea what their strengths are. They don't know their identity. They have been compared to others their whole life, and they continue to try to be like their older sibling or their cousin or their coworker who receives all the accolades. They haven't figured out where they fit in the building of God's kingdom. The cool thing is, I think Orchard has noticed that this is happening. I know our junior high and high school ministries have both had teachings in the last couple months about kids finding their identity in Christ, about getting to know God better, and how that can help them get to know themselves better. After you have your focus on your kids and not others, Keep a close eye on them and look to recognize their gifts. Think for a moment here. Are you taking the time to help your kids find their gifts? To find their confidence? To find their role in the building of God's kingdom? We can be those encouragers that help people of all ages find their identity in their faith. We can help build them up and escape those feelings of envy and jealousy that we feel when we are in the comparison trap. So we've got take our focus off of others, focus on helping our kids live into who they are with those gifts, and now on to number three this morning. Let's give them space to fail. A key part of helping others find their gifts, finding their gifts and encouraging them is allowing them space for failure. My wife has always done a really good job with this. I have not. Ever since our oldest son was born, I've really struggled with this. I was that dad who followed their little one around just about every second because I thought my kid could live a life where that he would never fall. I could always be there to protect him. I, for the longest time, thought that being Landon's protector was my one role when I was around him. And boy, was I wrong. That's not what my Heavenly Father does with, for me, and that's not what He does for you. He created us in His image, and He gave us free will. He gave us the opportunity to screw everything up, to fall, to hurt others, and in the end, the opportunity to learn. God teaches through these moments, and that's what we can do. 
However, we can't teach and kids can't learn if they don't have this space. The space to get out of their comfort zone and take that scary risk. They may make a mistake, but without mistakes, I would have never learned just why kids need this space to fail. I've worked so hard over the years to protect my kids from feeling like they have failed. I was truly tested in this these past few months. My six-year-old son expressed an interest in the sport of wrestling last winter. Megan and I talked last winter, and I think I convinced her to wait a year. I was secretly hoping this interest would fade. Um, I thought we kind of, I never wrestled, and I thought we kind of understood we'd play the sport with the round orange ball in the winter. Apparently this was not a rule that I communicated. So this winter came around, and his interest had not gone away yet. So Megan and I, we took a chance. We signed Dawson up for wrestling, and I still can't get over what all I learned about my son these past few months and how much he has grown as a human being over this time. He made some great friends, and he won a few matches throughout the four meets that he competed in, but he also lost some matches. He cried lots of tears, and he wanted to give up at times. He had some big moments of success, but he also had moments where he didn't succeed. We allowed him the space for failure, and in that space, he learned that we never quit. He learned that emotion is okay, and his mom and dad want him to express his emotions. Megan and I learned quite a bit too. When we saw him wrestle through tears for three full rounds and not quit during his last match of the year, we learned that this kid is tougher than both of us. We learned that he craves direction as he soaked up every little thing those coaches taught him over the three months. We learned that he is going to wear his emotions on his sleeve, and we need to remember that as he gets older. This dumb thing that we call sports finally broke me and convinced me just how important it is that we give kids this space for failure. We can't teach that it's just okay to make mistakes. If we want to escape the comparison trap, we need to give them the space and the opportunities to take some risks. Think for a moment. What opportunities are you possibly a little scared to give your kids because they might fail? And it can be outside of sports and academics. Maybe it's the thought of giving your kids the space to have doubts and ask hard questions regarding their faith. That's scary. How could God use those opportunities to teach both you and your kids? Once we are giving kids that space to take some chances, we have reached the last part of escaping the comparison trap for this morning. It's discovering the power of yet. And if you look at that slide, you look at the first letter of each one, it spells trap. I was comparing my teaching to Alice, of course, earlier, caught in the trap again. She did something like that. I think hers had five letters. Mine only had four, so I'm not quite there yet, but I want to make sure that was pointed out. I worked really hard on that. Um, so we've got the power of yet. And if you haven't discovered the power of yet with kids, buckle up. Yet gives kids hope. Yet tells kids that those adults believe in this kid. Yet tells kids that these adults are going to invest the time needed in them. <clears throat> Yet is a game changer. I tell a kid that they will never be a leader 
they most likely accept their role as a follower. But I tell a kid that they are not a leader yet. Then I've got them thinking that I'm expecting them to be a leader someday. They start to see themselves as a leader. They start thinking about what they can work on to be a leader. As you're helping your kids find their gifts that God has blessed them with, throw in a yet here and there and just see what happens. I really wish we could go back and show some clips of 14-year-old me. I had this long, shaggy hair. I had big bags under my eyes most of the time. I was pretty quiet in public, and I really wasn't interested in putting any effort towards anything because I knew it all. And I wasn't really interested in anything to do with this Jesus guy. Now, I've had teachers, coaches, friends tell me that they compared me to others back in those days, and they didn't have a whole lot of confidence in me succeeding. But I also had some parents, adults, and friends who believed in the power of yet. They believed that my story would someday take a turn. Back then, I was on the cusp of starting to make a faith of my own. I was about to start figuring out what gifts God had blessed me with. I was about to take some chances and make some big mistakes that would teach me lessons that I would teach others someday. I was about to learn the power of yet. Jesus doesn't compare us to others. We're all sinners. So there's no need to compare anymore. He just wants a relationship with each and every one of us and every, or with each and every one of his kids. So let's follow his lead. Let's look to build strong relationships with our kids by focusing on them, not others. Let's help them find their identity and start to make a faith that's their own. They are looking for people who believe they can be great. I know God has greatness planned for our youth, so let's be those people who believe in them. Please join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for bringing us all here this morning, and thank you so much for not comparing us to others. It's just not fun. And in the end, you know the truth. You know that we are all sinners who fall short. And with that, Maya, I thank you so much for blessing each one of us with different gifts that we can use to help build others up and help build your kingdom. I pray that those of us who are stuck can run to you and you can help us get unstuck. You can transform us and renew our minds. Amen.